Man, you come right out of a comic book. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Uh, just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Welcome once again to Screen Mayhem's, um, well, we were kind of doing monthly. We had a good start of the year uh, doing these yeah. consistently, <laughs> and then COVID came and smacked us over the head. So we'll call this the spring-summer COVID update. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to catch up on all five of the movies that have come out right? in the last quarter. That was the problem. <laughs> you know, we are going to be talking about, coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about The Five Bloods. But yeah, let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, I've kind of, I've been off, like, I just kind of felt comforted watching garbage. Mm. So I've been watching a lot of (laughs) Property Brothers and Flipper, uh, Flipper Flop, and then um, there's one called (laughs) Fixer Up. So it's just like house flipping shows. And I just, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, They're sort of saccharine, and you get to see something shitty get upgraded to something super cool. So. Well, that's cool. In a world where we're all kind of lost and stuck in our own houses, it's like... Oh, yeah, God. a sense of renewal. Right. How about you? <laughs> Hard to come by. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies, actually, um, but old movies, yeah. not new ones. So I've been, I've watched through all the sort of Nolan blockbusters, and um, I watched through... What did I watch? I watched the uh, most of Star Wars through. Oh, cool. Um, a couple of indie movies I've been meaning, or, you know... Yeah, kind of indie movies. I watched Her, and... Um, Great movie. Oh, yeah, really good movie. Really Eternal Sunshine surprising. Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just been, yeah, really all over the shop, frankly, in terms of my, my viewing. Just sort of picking random DVDs to have on during work. You know, you're right. I did that too. Um, I, In fact, I got through, <laughs> God, the other day I was working while watching and I did How the mm. West Was Won. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, talk about a long freaking movie. And it's really, oh, it's not, it's it's like four movies shoved together, you know. <laughs> But it was pretty entertaining. The Jimmy Stewart parts, uh, him as a young mountain man, it was pretty good. Mm. Well, he was never really young, but it sort of oh, follows God. that life. It was cool. That was kind of something. And I also realized I had never seen um, the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Oh, wow. Okay. I just missed it. <laughs> so yeah. It was, like, it was like, cool. I'm like, well, I just get a free Avengers movie I've never seen. Which, of course, watching <laughs> Endgame, I never quite understood the... The you know dude with the jewel on his head and the scarlet oh Witch. vision yeah. yeah yeah well to be fair that wasn't really a thing until Infinity War they kind of have a scene together right. in Civil War but yeah 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 <laughs> it was just a chance to get Paul Bettany's big beautiful face actually on screen for the first time since he started doing the voices for these in two thousand eight oh I didn't know he was and... doing the voices oh yeah he did um he's been voicing Jarvis since Iron Man oh wow so... I never put so, that together yeah. yeah he is a beautiful man. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, and he and yeah, make him look like a, a character from Power Rangers. Fantastic! <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. So this is Ultron, and now suddenly he's this suave-looking hot dude with like a jewel I on his head. I'm like, well, I cannot remember. It's like an Ultron body with the soul gem in it. I, <laughs> right? Yeah, I it was terrible. Cannot remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of it's glad I missed cheesy. it because if I would have watched it like in sequence, yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone any further. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was very disappointing for a lot of people, especially coming off of Whedon's, you know, first um, Avengers, which I think had the advantage of having low expectations. Most people thought, oh, this is going to be a mess. 
you know, kind of somewhat comically now that we've had, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, but I think people just thought, six superheroes in one movie? It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's never going to work. They're never going to be able to pace it correctly. And then everybody loved it, and Ultron just didn't really live up in the same way, and it seems like partly that was due to the heavy-handed studio stuff that was happening a lot then, but seems to be happening less now. That makes sense. Yeah, they were getting a lot of least, pressure, yeah. right? To you yes. better make it just like the comics, or we're going to revolt, or you better do this. So obviously, the well, idea is very comic book. Specifically, you've got to include stuff about the Infinity Gems, right. or we will force you to take out the flashback scene and the scene at the farmhouse, right. the two best scenes of the film. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I remember the first time I saw Thanos on the screen, I had no idea who he was. And I just thought, this seems suspiciously yeah. stupid. But I was really, <laughs> really blown away by the payoff of, of course, um, Endgame. I mean, mm. the whole thing was just perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, that is... Yeah, they lucked out in getting Josh Brolin involved as well. <laughs> right. He just manages that character so well. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mm. Well, let's talk about The yeah. Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. Absolutely. Yeah. So... So, yeah, this is um. Yeah, once you give me, Lee's... give me your good. Yeah, give me your rundown. Okay, well, Spike Lee's first movie since um, uh, Black Klansman, uh, which I loved. I remember seeing that at Cannes, yes. a few years ago, and it was just a really good. One. It was amazing. Um, yeah, and here we have yeah, it's just a story of five war veterans who return to Vietnam in order to try and uncover their friend's body and find a huge amount of gold he was buried with, and along the way they run into various different elements some of whom are a little vaguely defined such a cool idea these guys going yeah. back after like 50 <laughs> years to yeah you know, exactly yeah. in order to try and uncover and it, it's really suggested initially that what we were going to get is the more action beats nature of the thing mm-hmm. we're going to come via flashback and that the modern stuff was just going to be this somewhat straightforward non-genre uh very sort of grim look at the effect of warfare on five friends. Yeah. Uh, well, four friends and one of their son is who ends up um, going on this journey. Um, but then it does get a little crazy in its second half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start there. So I, I want to say just out of the gate, um, mm. lots of really good action scenes. He knew what he was doing there. Um, there's some really great, <laughs> I mean, if you want to watch somebody's head explode and see the blood, it's like it, <laughs> he used CGI in such a perfect little way that you felt the pops of people's heads. And that was kind of cool. As CGI violence goes, it's pretty good. I'm always more partial for practical stuff. Oh, but, obviously, yeah. yeah. I would much yeah. rather have squibs going crazy. They're my favorite movies. Yeah. The more squibs, the better. <laughs> yeah. God, what did I watch recently? I was just so blown away. It must have been a Katano movie. It's just so many explosions on these people's bodies. I'm like, <laughs> it was. You do a lot with that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Katano <laughs> loves that stuff. And it was like even one of those slow scenes. He kept getting hit, and there was just more blood. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> Um, one oh, question dear. for you on this. When did Jean yes. Renault become mashed potatoes? French mashed potatoes. Right. So I did not recognize Jean Renault when he first showed up on screen. And I, I've spotted him in a cast list. And I think maybe the reason I didn't spot Jean Renault is that I have not seen that guy in a movie since 2009, I think. Yeah, I think the last one I saw was called like 31 Bullets or something stupid. Oh, like, 22 yeah. Bullets. Yeah. I missed that one. I saw that other crap action movie from the same year, I think, Armored. Oh, yeah. That he was also Just in. garbage. Um, yeah, I haven't properly seen him in anything, I think, since like the Da Vinci Code. So he's been laying kind of low, so he was a surprise. But um, <laughs> He moved to the mashed I mean... potato islands, and he's been living out his, <laughs> his late years there. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of familiar faces, I think a moment... Well, you know what? We should give... How about an overview? 
on how we found the film because I would say I I quite enjoyed it. It was um a little messy for me in places, but that's kind of a Spike Lee signature, mm-hmm. and I find it a little endearing. It was for me a very emotionally driven film and a, um one that I could yeah broadly get behind. So for me, I definitely loved that he he has such important things to talk about, and he's the kind sure. of person who has a platform to do it. And he is a powerful man who's made some awesome movies. He just yeah, and he won't hold he his loves punches. To shit on his own plate. It's like you have <laughs> you have everything you need here to make a thing, and somehow he's still making something that feels like an infomercial at times, or something that feels like I'm watching um, like a soap opera. The you know that weird filming that they use and stuff. I'm like. Am I really in this movie? And the worst part for me in the whole thing is for all the stuff I want to love is the dialogue. It's just such garbage. It's like I get he's trying to tell a story and he has to use a lot of dialogue to tell the story. But I'm sitting here watching these people say crap that would never come out of a human's mouth. And it's just (laughs) – it's like they're all all caricatures. Like our our big dude. um, uh, What is his name? Hold on. He was – you know the, the tall, crazy guy, yeah, Paul? yeah, the tall one. That that's loved. Delroy Lindo. Yeah, okay, uh, that's Delroy Lindo. He did such a good job. He's such a charismatic yeah. actor. He's beautiful. But the stuff he was saying, I'm just like, no, <laughs> this doesn't. Okay, that was my. I mean, my problem is with the filmmaking <laughs> and the dialogue and the and the story. Uh, not a problem with you know. I loved the idea of these five guys going back sure. and the the sun and finding the gold. It's such a. a luscious idea and then i really Mm. enjoyed the you know what they education for me i guess the you know that the the north vietnamese were really looking for diversity and and for you know people to be treated fairly and and we're out there you know again they said 33 percent of the troops were black and that was 11 something percent of our population at the time yes that was um oh hanoi hannah wasn't right on the radio Yeah, yeah yeah who is Played by an actress, Va- uh, Van Veronica. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's NGO, but um, I w- I recognized her. And I was like, where do I know her from? And she was Paige Tico from the um, opening sequences of the Last Jedi. Uh, okay. She was Rose's sister who oh, yeah. died in that bomber. Yeah. <laughs> so that was quite fun to recognize her from there. But um, she was great. Yeah. yeah, and it was uh, in terms of education. There was a lot of interesting stuff here i was educated Mm. yes that was my favorite part i mean like again if he just went out and decided to get out of his own way and make a fucking he did with black Klansman. i didn't have any of the same spikely issues Mm. that i have when he does his movies (laughs) right but his old boy for example just throw me off a building i haven't seen it um but i've heard bad things um yes his so there are elements of his style that are commonly quite messy and there are aspects of this that are super uneven. I mean, for one thing, one of the friends dies, Eddie. Oh, spoiler alert, I guess, sorry. But, um, you know, cut me saying Eddie if you're editing this. Um, One of the friends dies, and it doesn't really get mentioned again. It just, he, he stands on a landmine and dies yeah. horrifically, although one it's of kind the of comedic five. because of how... Yeah, one of the initial five, and it's only slightly comedic because of how bad the special effects on his body are. Um, I oh, love practical God. effects, but that is a man buried up to his neck with a fake body attached to it. You can see. It was like um, straight out of 80s horror. It was like, yeah. he did want to use practical <laughs> effects in this case, but it just did not go. I'm like, that's it was not silly. what a body blown apart looks like. I've seen enough at this point. <laughs> but definitely what I believed it looked like when I saw, you know, um, the thing. 
right. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was kind of silly, but they don't then mention him again until, you know, the guide is like, hey, where's it? Where? Oh, God, I'm going to say his name again. Where's that guy? And they're like, uh, he sprained his ankle a year long later, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It was so, like Johnny was like, uh, you know, the translator or whatever. He's like, hey, you know, did you kill your friend? Because he was already saying things are going to get shitty out there and they expected everybody yeah. to turn on each other and that's another really unbelievable thing like mm. why the hell does paul delroy lindo's character he, i mean even when he meets the the bomb disposal people he's like keeps a gun on him the whole time there's like so many yeah things that make no sense at all i'm like well it's about how broken he is and the extent to which you buy that because paul is meant to be this guy he's got ptsd he's riddled with not only um the kind of uh, trauma that he's experienced in war but also guilt we later find mm-hmm. out um and it's just completely torn him apart and to the point where he just doesn't trust anyone which was somewhat disturbing to watch okay what about this scene when the vietnamese come they say so they already saw them in the woods get, gathering the yeah. gold and they already had machine guns so now yeah. they're out in the street with machine guns pointing at this mm-hmm. guy and they're they're still like well how about we negotiate realistically you've got <laughs> millions of dollars there you're just gonna shoot these black guys and move on with your life they probably were but at that stage really if if you know plot holes like that are standing out is as a result of a sort of you know it hasn't gotten you invested in the right. story as, as it's playing yeah. out so yeah you can see uh, i thought that would be the end and yeah. i'm just like okay so i'm like <laughs> i just kind of like don't care they're gonna steal the gold and blah 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 and i'm just like god i hate mm. this plot and then that was still like <laughs> there's still like 40 minutes more movie <laughs> Yeah, it is a long one. I'll give it that. But the, the the messiness of it does also lead to a unpredictable nature to the whole thing. It just meant that I didn't know where we were going to go next, which I found quite entertaining. Yeah. It's a fairly dark film, I'd say, with some tonal shifts that are a bit odd, because sometimes you have these sort of comedic moments. Sometimes you have these very kind of action beat hero moments. And then you have these really dour, kind of sad, war as hell, you know, everybody's a victim kind of moment. So there was a bit of a dissonance there sometimes. Right. Yeah, I feel like the I story lo- was mm. trying to tell the like what we did to them. You know, they're baby killers, they're murderers. Yeah. They're coming in to steal the Vietnamese's gold, which, you know, was supposed mm. to be paid to the village or whatever. So I got all that, like the conflict, mm. but then I just didn't believe any of it after that. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, just, uh, to some, I, I guess, yeah. It think, depends on think of the guy giving this speech about how he's now broke. And he goes through the... I don't know why oh, yeah, he yeah. had to tell the whole story. But we run down that his wives and he's been <laughs> buying lots of hookers. And we got it. He's broke. Yeah. And he wants to give all the money to liberating black people. It's like, right. okay, that may sound like a really good idea from where you're standing. But you haven't even gotten out of the jungle yet. And you're arguing with your friends about it. And you guys mm. didn't actually have this conversation before you went to, on the quest for gold? You didn't say, what are we really going to do with each? Like, why divide it up if that was really the whole plan and we were going to stick with it? And I don't know. It just made me yeah. mad. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, little logical inconsistencies like that are bound to stand out if um, it's putting you at arm's length like that. But... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. I was already set to be like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because the idea is just we've got to find ways to tear these friends apart. Yeah. You know, they're all there and ultimately... They're all sort of torn apart by the memory of this, you know, heroic figure, this guy that they lost in their um, younger life, um, who's Storm and Norman, played by Chadwick Boseman, and a really good performance. I He's thought, so sort of good, messianic, um, well-spoken, gentle oh, badass. He has kind charm of coming out of every fucking yeah, pore does. of his body. <laughs> he was fucking excellent in his scenes in the flashbacks. Every time I saw so. him, I'm just like, why isn't he the main character? 
<laughs> and also, I found the flashbacks very confusing because I thought at stages that he was the only young one and that the other guys were just the four main right. actors but at their age. But then other times I didn't think that. And I, I did get confused. I'm looking at the cast list. There's no credit for, like, David-aged right young david or no anything they like just that, left so... him old so they could use the same actors and i think I that think was probably did, right? a respectful thing done by spike lee you know just say mm. these are our main characters i want in this movie i don't want half of them to be a bunch of kids that aren't the guys you know right playing yeah. the young one okay well i mean to be fair i did really like the actors you've got some great people there including two count and two um wire graduates yeah you clark peters of course um oh fuck what was his name in the in the wire Freeman. You've got Lester Freeman fucking out oh, there in you're Vietnam, good. which is always excellent. And um, you've got... I'm going to forget his name. Is it Isaiah Whitlock Jr.? No, he's I think the, it is. He's the wire Clay guy, Davis. for sure, yeah. Yeah. The that, oh shit guy. Yeah, he does, exactly. of course, at one He even stage said it in, the, in this movie. He did his He line. says it in Black Klansman, too. <laughs> so good. There, there are little Spike Lee in-jokes like that. For example, yep. the tracking shot thing that they do, where they have... Two characters remain stationary whilst they travel through the background, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. It's like a dolly pull. It's right at the end when um, our, when uh, our main guy reunites with his um, daughter. They sort of glide towards the camera. It's a very Spike Lee thing that he's been doing for decades now. Um, and then also he's got his usual music guy. And I will say one of my issues with this was the music because oh, yeah. it was... A- a little inappropriate sometimes. Like sometimes you'd get the heroic music and you'd be like, is this what's happening? <laughs> is that the mood of what's going on right now? And in particular, the scene where they find the gold. And it's kind of a long drawn out scene that I just couldn't help feel would play out better to some different music because I just didn't know what the emotional moment was. It was like triumphant music right. trying to remain triumphant for a good five minute long sequence of them digging up gold. Yeah, I just can't imagine anybody's actually like proud of the final result oh wow well i mean it's received quite a lot of critical acclaim it's um yeah it's it's well respected i guess they i I guess they call that a hot take (laughs) i think it is i I, think you've got yourself a hot take and i'm not trying to at all um no i just uh, (laughs) no no you know i just pushed my buttons in the wrong way but you know he's done that many times and i think you really just have to be a fan of his style i'm in with his content i'm just not in with his style it it jars oh, yeah. me wrong. I mean, it sends me off. I'm like, I just can't watch it. Yeah, he's got a very unique vision, a very unique voice, I think. Um, he goes after sort of genre pictures, which is, you know, obviously very appealing. And he has this very definite signature to him. And, it's, you know, I'm always on board pretty much with his politics and the things that he wants exactly. to say. Yeah. And I love the way that he ties his movies so directly into what's going on in the world. Like at the end of Black Klansman, where suddenly... You know, we've told this whole movie about the, the, you know, the clan and about institutionalized racism. And then we just cut to Charlottesville and all of that footage. And it was like a punch in the face. Just mm-hmm. like, hey, this isn't fiction. This is going on out there, everyone. Oh, <laughs> my does it the God. Same the graphic uh, Ho Chi Minh <laughs> oh. City, um, the, the head oh, the headshot. Jesus. Oh, God. I haven't seen that in a while. Fuck. I, yeah. yeah. I saw it when I was like I... a kid and like I was like, oh, cool gore. Oh, God, that disturbed me. <laughs> and now I'm like, I never needed to see it again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And they cut straight from that to one of the Black Civil Rights leaders. And I forget his name. It wasn't the guy mm. I was familiar with sort of giving this really impassioned speech. And it's it does a really this film is kind of like a testament to the speakers. You know, I mean, they keep saying about this messianic figure, this mm-hmm. um storm and norman they keep saying oh he was our martin and our uh, malcolm you know and it just it says that when a voice emerges who's speaking 
truth and speaking hope, it can just really put the world to right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even in the face of shocking, awful violence and just terrible things. It's true. He created a small community of people like him yeah. in a war that was just garbage. Exactly. And said, yeah, and actually yeah. spoke of hope in that environment. Yeah. And it just it spoke towards that. Very, very that. cool. Yeah. Mm. But I'll agree. It's it's a messy film, but it's a, a film in which the qualities for me shone, shone through. Um you know, for oh, and I also want to mention Jonathan Majors, who plays the son, David. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's cool. Um, who I was, didn't know him. He was, he was my favorite thing in the last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, um, another. Yeah, really, I did uh, see that. Um, you're right. Yeah, I just, He was the really funny playwright one. Yeah, I didn't put um, him together. Oh man, he was. Yeah, I loved him in that. Loved him in this. So well, to be yeah. fair, when I saw the movie, I was like drinking excessively. <laughs> <laughs> so all I remember is it was a, and I'm I'm lying. I was also high, but you know it was a magical <laughs> ride for my brain. <laughs> it's a cool movie. It's an interesting way of experiencing that film, right? No, and I, th- I feel like it asked for it. You know, it's a little psychedelic, and it's, it is. It's dreamlike. Yeah, so it, it was... has a very sedate pace to it. That film. Yeah. Well, cool. Interesting. Trippy. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part yeah. of uh, this would probably be like from yes. a story perspective, and I know you'll agree with this. It was the idea hmm. that. At one point, it's like, well, we'll see what Norman lets you take. Like, he's now become a ghost of yeah. the jungle. And, yeah, yeah no, I liked <laughs> that whole idea of you guys mm. think you're going to come in and upset all of this stuff, but we still have, like, this spirit, our, our you know, <laughs> Martin, our, yeah, our Malcolm, yeah. that is a spirit in the woods. They kind of, like, did that for a bit. It was like you yeah. felt sh- weird shit happening. Hmm. And also, yeah, you cannot I... pull somebody off of a fucking landmine with a rope no. and not have their I legs was... blow off. I was trying to think of how I might have done that. Maybe if you could have like swung at them from a tree, you could have like pushed them off or something. But no, that that did stretch incredulity. But it was a powerful moment where they're all sort of, you know, they got the rope around him and they're all holding it and they're ready to yank him, to yank uh... him out of there. You know what I was I expecting really... when he mm. when he goes to embrace him after he pulls him off? I was expecting his whole back to be blown out and he's just dead. oh. <laughs> That would have been gross. Right. I was expecting that. Like, he hugs him. He's like, fuck, yeah, this is okay now. And then he's obviously, his old, like, intestines are coming out of his spine or something. You know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but they didn't. They're like, no, this is just the make-believe land where landmines don't work. <laughs> this is how, yeah, uh, yeah. It was very, and then immediately into the hostage situation. So I found that little part of the movie, considering we spent so long to get out there. And I love the stuff set in modern Vietnam. Yeah. Showing how different it is now and how it's sort of changed. Um you know, and all the pacing and the plotting and the build-up, and it's like, God, where are we going with this? Um, but then I did find the landmine did mark a shift for the film, mm-hmm. and it did get a bit crazier after that. Sometimes good crazy, sometimes not quite so engaging crazy. Yeah, like, I I mean, I feel like if you were going to play with us and have even that gun battle with the Vietnamese mm. officers, you should have just done it up. I mean, I wanted to see the same level of violence just blow them up. Instead, the dude totally escapes, gets a whole new team of bad guys, and... I'm like, what? Like, how many of these guys do you have that are willing to, like, break all the laws to go out and kill these these black yeah. GIs? And I guess they're just local heavies. Right. Well, kill Americans as well. Just, you know, <laughs> there's plenty of anti-American sentiment amongst these guys. Yeah, sure. In this sort of North American town. But, yeah, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was odd. And it was just aiming towards, this is going to be an anti-war movie, but with a really cathartic gunfight at the end. Right. <laughs> Which is always a sticking point for a lot of action movies that also try to... um you know, have these points, but hey, I mean, yeah, it was a very interesting film. It's not one I see myself uh, revisiting um, again, but it's it was certainly 
Yeah. Let me really ask you, what did you think of the um, hmm. the like the whole idea that we had the French lady Hetty, um, and we had yes. Jean Reno's character were sort of like. There's the good French and the bad French, uh, maybe. Like, why do you think we put those guys in? And then, of course, an American white guy. And then there was, like, the other dude was, like, I don't know, Swedish or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was interesting. I, I like the idea of showing them as being well-intentioned, but um, ultimately a little bit naive. I mean, in mm-hmm. particular, you know, the um, the Swedish guy or, you know, whatever he was, um, just mouthing off in the bar about how terrible America is totally. and trying to rile everybody up. It was... Um, and he dies an awful death. He dies a, a horrible death. And then the other guy is um, Paul Walter Hauser, yeah. who people will know as... Um, he played Richard Jewell in the Clint Eastwood movie, and he was in Black Klansman. That was the... him? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, my God. And he was in I, Tonya as, like, the schema, and he was in Black Clansman I'm as, totally like, really dumb. I'm totally with you now. I did not yeah. put it together as him as Richard Jewell. Yeah. Yeah, because he's in <laughs> Cobra Kai and stuff. I totally know. Oh, right. Yeah, but I didn't recognize. I've watched uh, Richard Jewell maybe um, a month ago, and oh, I right. never would have put those it. two characters next to each other. He did such a good job, and he <laughs> looked the part. It was creepy. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if if I mentioned all. I think I've mentioned all of the main. No, we, we didn't now. talk about Hetty. Um, do you know her? Oh, no, we haven't talked about Hetty. Yeah, uh, that's Melanie Thierry. Yeah. Um, who I don't. She's been in some stuff I've seen. I don't recognize her from anything in particular. No, me either. I'm looking through here. She does have a lot of French movies, which you know. Oh, she was in The Hollow Crown. That's right. At the very end of Henry V, she shows up to um, uh, to sort of get married to Henry V, and they have a cute moment where neither of them speak English. Um, yeah, well, when neither of them speak English, well, they don't speak the same language. Is what I meant to say. Nice, but no, I haven't seen. I don't recognize her very particularly from any. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, um, hmm. cool cast. Yeah, cool cast. Really cool moments with them. I there were some really great moments between the friends. I like the night scene where they get a moment of bonding, um, and the uh, the bar scene where they're talking about, yeah. you know, various things. Um, and it's revealed that Paul is just it's just a really He's just an angry guy now. He's just really angry about the way his life turned out after Vietnam and about his son and his wife dying. And, and you notice they threw everything. in the Trump thing. Yeah, just, they, they, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he wears a Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> you know, one thing I liked about this is um, mm. I feel like it's a, it is a good piece of writing where I'm going to give mm. still shit on Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo. They can mm. fuck off. But the idea that he said, <laughs> I... I'm like you know. I want to get mine. This isn't a fair world. I want my piece. And yeah. The only way I think I can get that is by being on the Republican side of just you know, <laughs> only caring about capitalism and only caring about making getting your own, not helping others out. Yeah. I mean, it showed you know just because you can't make assumptions about people just because a guy might be a black war veteran you know who's involved in the civil rights movement and don't assume that he's gonna you know be on one side or the other you know or that he's gonna have any particular feeling towards immigrants you know positive or otherwise oh my god and i think yeah you it just, was interesting to show that you just flashed me church. again and that why the hell would the dude pour out all of his oxycontin when he has a hip problem and they're climbing around in a freaking jungle <laughs> to prove a point right to prove a point <laughs> there was point yeah there was some toxic masculinity it hurts there. i'm an old man and we're tooling around in the fucking jungle give me my yeah, drugs I'm I'm not a drug addict, you dicks. You're meant to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, some, so, sometimes, yeah, those elements did take hold. There was a moment where I thought they were talking themselves into just leaving. Yeah. To just being like, do you know what? Fuck this. It's just gold. Let's get out of here. But they said something like, you know, our hero, um, God, I keep forgetting his name, Norman. He Storming. told us, you know, 
to just do it by doing it or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to die here in Vietnam. And then they pick up their guns and go to get ready for the fight. And it's like, oh, you meant because you're going to win. Right. I thought you meant because this isn't worth fighting for. Right. But no, it was just like a war war cry. So Yeah, and I was wondering where it was going to go. I, I knew that the gold wouldn't be mm. in the box. It's never in the box. That's just the way it goes. Sure. It's going to be spread around <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with that. But there is a part where... Um, the Del Delroy's character Delroy's character was like, um, "Are Paul, you guys yeah. just walking us around in circles to make us tired, so we all just go home and forget about the gold?" <laughs> like it was starting <laughs> to feel kind of shitty in that way. But then, of course, it's it's the most magical thing. Dude goes to oh, take God, a dump, that, and well, I'm gonna that did get yeah. me. It's like really, <laughs> that was a bit silly. Really, he happened to dig his dump hole in the um in the mountain just on top of a big bar of gold. I did think that was silly. Um, it's terrible writing. <laughs> or is it the spirit of um, Norman <laughs> guiding them? You right. See? Okay. Cool. Yeah. I feel Norman's spirit in the earth. He's telling us something. They should have just Here said is it. where I must dump. They should have said, "What yeah. are the chances?" Right where I was going to shit, a bar of gold. Gold <laughs> <laughs> uh, in them hills. All right. Well. Uh, well. Yeah. There it is. The five. Books. There it is. Yeah. It's uh, in my conclusion, it's messy, but I think it's worth watching. I would say, just like you said, you'd never want to watch it again. Um, I don't feel <laughs> like it was rewarding enough for a two and a half okay. hour movie. I don't. I I did get educated um, in some mm. history that I didn't know, so maybe that was worth it alone. Because I, okay. I don't know how I would have gotten that information. I, I hadn't gotten mm. it up to this point, so maybe that was worth it. But. Um, mm. And maybe maybe for the the landmine scenes, just for that. <laughs> <laughs> it has some really great moments of tension in there. There's yeah. some really golden scenes in there that show that, you know, he knows what he's up to. Yeah, when when um, I guess it was Norm Lewis. Yeah, Eddie. When mm. Eddie gets blown up, he, again, mm. it's spoiler alert, guys. But yeah, it's just so random. Spoiler. He's like, well, it's, I, you felt it coming. The way he's walking backwards and they're making fun of how he even walks backward pigeon toed. I'm like, he's gonna step on a mine and die. Something exactly <laughs> that it happens. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there we go there we go i would have been traumatized by that but they just seemed okay they're like well i guess more gold for us <laughs> yeah well yeah it doesn't come up very much and that's just a symptom of the film being just a little bit unfocused no okay so but since yeah. this um this mm. episode is technically a um update what do you what do you have coming up that you're excited about well, I'm finally going to get an opportunity to see the true history of the Ned Kelly gang. I oh, cool. literally had a ticket for that on the Sunday and Friday lockdown started. So, oh, um, but awesome. it's finally getting released on home media. So I'm actually going to get an opportunity to see this thing. And I really can't wait. I'm excited um, too. I read the book, um, Peter yeah. Carey's book, Ooh. probably about 15 years ago or something like that. And wow. it was just so <laughs> fascinating. Um, it taught mm. me so much about Australia and the history and, and uh, Ned Kelly oh, yeah. in particular. He's sort of a hero. So yeah. I'm very excited to see it too. I'm primarily excited because I just I know the direct. It's Justin Kurzel, the oh. director, and he's just so great. And he makes films so rarely. He he had a misstep, you know. He made Snowtown, which was amazing. He made the Macbeth um, adaptation with Michael Fassbender, which I really loved. Then Assassin's Creed. Whoops. But then, oh, but now, yeah. now True History of the Kelly Gang, and I'm hoping that this is going to be a return to form for him. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's just such a good story. He can't. He almost can't go wrong. There's going to be yeah. lots of violence and lot, <laughs> lots of going under the. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, cool. Um, and for me, um, gosh, I don't know if I have anything. I suppose the biggest thing is I heard an announcement during COVID that uh, Criterion mm. Collection is releasing um, all ah. the Bruce Lee movies. 
as a holy box crap set. yeah that'll oh. that will blow my mind and make me so happy like i have such a mix mash like i have a chinese version of <laughs> yeah exactly i have a chinese version of fist of fury with english subtitles but then i have the overdub mm. one like what is the best copy and what are they going to choose and i'm very excited to oh, see how God. that ends up oh, can i justify buying all of them again because <laughs> i do have them on the dvd right. i don't think i have any on blu-ray but can i justify spending 99 dollars on all of them again? it says it's greatest hits surely it's all of them because no it's gonna be five. yeah it's gonna be i think they're trying yeah, they to are. just warn people but yeah you'll get um you'll get big boss you'll get fist of fury you'll get return of the dragon you'll get enter the dragon and you'll get game of death plus tower yes, of death again tower of death is an official sequel to game of death that, ah. But it doesn't have Bruce in it at all, of course. It has now, other Game people. of Death, is that the trashy Robert Klaus? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. But I assume it'll also contain, you know, all all of the footage from, you know, that they included in that documentary about Lee. That's all I'm hoping for. Cut. It's the extras, right? If yeah. you're putting this together, send yeah. it home, please. Yeah, you've yeah. got to include all of the footage from from that so from from yeah original i'll, I'll game throw the game of death thing so robert klaus is a pile of garbage and that movie sucks <laughs> and the whole thing's terrible but it's it's got 11 minutes of bruce lee that's not in any other movie mm. and you get to watch him yeah fighting kareem it's just brilliant yep. and beautiful and i would have loved to have seen the the whole movie that bruce was gonna imagine it was gonna be you know the classic yeah. challenging the different levels and they were supposed to have yeah it was so in, interesting. in a santo at a level and they were gonna have bob wall at a certain level and it just would have been cool oh, and instead we have a bruce exploitation <laughs> film which yeah it's fine but it's not a bruce Lee <laughs> which would be yeah oh my god my favorite well favorite is a weird word to use my uh <laughs> the most infamous moment of that for me is when they need dialogue from bruce lee and so they cut to like a cardboard cutout of bruce lee with somebody's mouth stuck through oh, it what it actually god. is i think is a still picture that they've superimposed a mouth onto but it's the worst looking thing you've ever seen in your life it's terrible it's no oliver reed in gladiator put it that way yeah it's so contrived and and just garbage um <laughs> one thing that's cool is if you talk to all the people who were involved in it people like bob wall and and mm. he'll, he'll talk about like a lot of the stuff bruce was like there fighting him when they were mm. in the um in the dressing area at the boxing ring but there was there's mm. only a couple shots of him like throwing kicks and stuff like when they actually had to show his face to make it like a plausible moment they had to use like mm old footage or just stupid crap and, yeah but the, you have to think like the spirit was there like he really did this fight and then like i said the big fights at the end are just well worth it and the rest of it's just yeah. trash they just they knew they had a thing <laughs> they had a thing and it, he's dead and they're not gonna yeah. get any more of it so yeah precious resource yeah yeah so does that and, and just I'm, I'm i am tentatively looking forward because over here in england they're saying that cinemas are likely to open early august now and they've moved Christopher Nolan's Tenet back to early August. But, I mean, how it would be so wonderful to sort of return to cinemas and have a big new Christopher Nolan oh, film to enjoy. Oh, my God. I really hope that the stars align and that happens. But at yeah. this stage... Seriously, just, you know. that would be the best. That's our <laughs> yeah. that's our best case. We get out there, we've got our favorite <laughs> filmmakers dropping some of the awesomest <laughs> movies, and we just go to town. Oh, man. I really hope so. I hope that happens soon. It's been a while since I felt the need to go watch a movie six times at the movie theater, but it almost always happens with Nolan, so bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you been paying any attention to the 36chambers.com site? No. Okay, it's owned by so... RZA, and what they did, ah. they set it up that they can screen certain movies, so he'll get permission, and they did, oh. like, uh, the mystery of chess boxing, and they did 
Um, they did a few movies, but what it is is they have uh, Rizza doing commentary, and you're watching it oh, live. Wow. So you're watching it with oh. him live, and he's doing commentary, and you can ask mm. questions, and you can send them in ahead of time. But they're doing that every oh. week, and they started with like big stuff, like they did like Lone Wolf and Cub, and and a lot oh, of these brilliant. they're repeating them, so you can actually watch mm. the original again that he did the commentary for. But if you catch them live, it's mm. kind of cool. Um, just you know to be a part of something like that uh, and watch yeah. it unfold. So that's worth worth it for anybody out there if you're into martial arts films and RZA mm. um, 36chambers.com <laughs> I think is what it's called or maybe they called it 36cinema yeah. yeah that's what they called it 36cinema.com oh, yeah that's check it out that's so cool definitely you know Lone Wolf and Cub is also one I have um, on Criterion Edition I have the six Blu-ray oh, cool. set of that for the Criterion yeah. Edition I really I'm glad that they are so broad oh me too in their releases that they release such interesting stuff I think my last few acquisitions from the Criterion Edition was, you know, a portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah. And um, and then before that, what was it? It was um, it was something quite trashy, and I was very happy about it. Well, I'll tell you my favorite thing from Criterion. Um, mm. the back in the old days, you could only find Zadowichis on the internet, and they were oh, yeah, low yeah. quality or TV, and they'd already been dubbed. All well, yep. it's twenty six movies total, but the twenty sixth movie was uh, released in eighty nine, so they just kind of cut that mm. one out. It was uh, Media Blasters owns that, and they own the yeah. TV show, which is another uh, I think one hundred twenty episodes, forty minutes long each of Zadowichi that played on TV. But yeah. what they did with Criterion is they got the twenty five movies they could get, which yeah. were all the classics, and they put them in Blu ray. They scanned them up; it just yep. looks perfect, and it makes me so happy. I... I've had that set in my wish list and on my shopping basket, and I've gotten this close to spending the mm-hmm. hundred odd pounds in order to get it about seven different times, and I've never quite pulled the trigger. Um, yeah, I would absolutely love to have that oh, set. And I, does yeah, I waited really for the incredible. big Criterion sale, and that's how I yeah. was condoning. Oh, right. <laughs> I think I got fifty percent off, but it's my it's my prize of nice. my collection. Yeah, yeah, it, it it looks awesome as well. It's that and the Godzilla Showa era films. Those two oh, sets just yeah. look so beautiful. That's just uh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Enough guessing. Um, yes. I'll give you a quick mm. screen mayhem update. Um, yeah. We've had a we've had some slow months of of you know. Yeah. We've been in COVID. We've been <laughs> doing our thing, but we're yeah we're ramping up hardcore right now. We got a couple new writers coming in in the next Yay. couple of weeks, and uh, I know you're ramping up too. You've put some new reviews yes. out. So, yeah, we're I we're, have. We're I'm back, back baby. To it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to be aiming to get reviews out every week. I just published my reviews, finally, of... Um, what did I post in the end? I uh, These other days, so my memory is just not with me. <laughs> exactly. COVID, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I got the brain fog. No. Guns Akimbo, The Hunt. Oh, yeah. Um, And I've been working on my... A couple of others from, like, the film festival last year, because... Yeah, it takes a lot to get those out. Well, I um, need to read. Oh, ba- but Bad Boys I, for Life, Invisible Man. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, um, Guns Akimbo, we did cover that in our last update, but also we covered we that. So that's awesome. <laughs> we did. Yes. So I reviewed a couple of the ones that we watched for our last update, which to be honest was probably the last time I sat down to watch new movies. Right. No, we've, we're in the same boat. Yeah. It's been a, it's, yeah. it's been rough on everyone and let's hope yeah, this is, there's for... a return to, to form for all of us. So Absolutely. From now on, new stuff, getting excited about the future. Boot, boot, boot. All right, but it's it is yeah yeah I, I, it's going to be easier when cinemas reopen. Oh because God, yeah! It's just such an important part of the experience for me. Home release is home release, you know. It doesn't feel like a real movie unless I can go and see it at a cinema. Right, but I don't care we'll what there. you release. Like, can you imagine how dis- disappointing it would have been to catch I don't know something like Inception 
direct to Netflix or something like that, just because the oh, world man. was screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I think Nolan would just keep hold of the movie forever, right? Until <laughs> yeah, yeah. There just wouldn't be until a it can go. Uh, well, there's our update. Oh, um, yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we're we're gonna keep moving, and uh, we'll do another summer update uh, next month, and we'll see mm. where we're at. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, thank you for having me. So, yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> we will be talking to you all soon.